podcasts. Millions of the bloody things floating out there in the ether, taking up bandwidth and overcrowding that cloud you all seem to be so obsessed about. But it's easy to be cynical, especially when you're British. That's half our identity. We've got cynicism, sarcasm and Downton Abbey. Still, this is a podcast, the early late night review, floating around on the sea of cynicism, cluttering up the cloud and occupying a handful of megabytes on a server in Arizona. So why do it? Well, the king of all podcasters, Joe Rogan, once said, it's your job in this life to work out how to have a good time. So I started this podcast. Sure, it's another locust in the plague, but it's my locust. You see, no one cares if you or I hide away from our interests. Only we will suffer, most likely in silence. It's my job to work out how to have a good time, like it is yours. So let's join together on this spiritual journey of discovery. As this week we talk to a dominatrix about human slaves and eating shit. This is season two of the Early Late Night Review, motherfuckers. Welcome to the Early Late Night Review. So I am with Ian, who's on this quite a lot. Yep. Hi, Ian. Hello. And I'm with Chloe, who could be considered our guest. Why, thank you. And um, Chloe, you're going to have to talk a bit louder, I reckon. Why, thank you. Yeah, somewhere in between those two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, first of all, we should say where we are. So this is a roaming podcast. So we have to talk about where we are. Yeah. So let, let's let Chloe... I love your sense of organisation. Sure, I, I edit it all together so it all is <laughs> it all works out nicely. So where are we? I want to, so I, what, the reason I was bringing up we're in Kensal Green, as mentioned on previous uh, podcasts, home of the Kensal Green tornado, as reported by Leo Greenslade. <laughs> yes. <that's right. laughs> also, famously, the um, finishing line of the poem by G.K. Jesterton... Uh, the Rolling English Road. Hence, Paradise by Way of Kendall Green. Oh, is that why that's called that? That's why that's, why that's called that. Ah. Um, yeah, I went for a job interview around here. Yeah, you went Innocent. Went to Innocent. You know the Innocent offices yep, down the road? absolutely. Um, and I went there and did lots and lots of different interviews with them over the period of a few months and didn't get the job. Oh, and I was like, don't go and work for them, that'll be shit. And then I moved here and it would have been great if you'd worked for them. We uh, do have a room going in this house if you're listening. Uh, yeah. It's a good house. It's, it's a, the best. It's a nice road. It's a nice front room. It, it is, is a nice it's front a, it's room. A, it's or a, side it's room, technically. So all of these books here in colour coordinators, are they all of yours? No. Uh, some of them are Hitler's and a few belong to Mary Curie. And I think Theresa May as well. I don't know if you're serious. Yeah, she doesn't. Why would she not storing books for Hitler? He's not going to no, need them I, anymore. No, I was thinking Hitler may not be true. But you, you may have there. There are a lot of old books. You may have like no, they're my books. Then again, Marie Curie books would be all infected with um, <laughs> radioactive. With the radiation. They would glow. They would glow. Yeah. I, I would have the glow in the dark section. So you wouldn't want them. But um, yes, it's a really nice front room. It's like it reminds me a little bit of Poonana, which was Poonana? which was a club we used to go to when we were young. Don't you think? I didn't until now, but yeah, now I live in Poonara. Thanks very much. Poonara is like, it has, it, it's kind of Moroccan table. Yeah. The, table kind of like the Fez Club. Yeah, the Fez Club, yeah. The Fez Club. Um, and it was like... Um, low seating, comfy low, cushions. Low seating, cushions, silk cushions like we've got here. All of that kind of ornate 
stitching and all of that. Um, can we talk about your job? Yeah, sure. Can I, can I pry a bit? Oh, yeah, well, basically, I've got some spread. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, so, back to Chloe. Chloe's job. <laughs> yes. And what do you do for a living, Chloe? Uh-huh. I'm a dominatrix. So do do your family know you're a dominatrix? Yes. Are they cool about it? Some. Um, all right, let, I'll tell you what, let's talk about the <laughs> logistics of it first. How did you get into it? Oh, God, this is the most dull question I always get. It's the question that everyone asks, and it's a long story. Um, but to cut it short, I got into it by discovering this mistress's blog um, and reading it. And when she was talking about kicking men in the balls, I was like, I already do that. Oh my God, this is so me. Right, so you're like... I could make money out of this. Oh my fucking God. Oh, and no, that really? was it, really. Well, why not? Absolutely. So, you have a, a dungeon mm-hmm. in Aldgate. Yes. Um, I guess you have to have it somewhere central so everyone can come to you. Yes, I also have it close to the city because of all the dirty little city boys. Really? Like to come on their lunch break to get bum fucked. Dirty little sluts and get fucked on poppers. So, would you wear, like, well, I, I, it's called pegging as we found out the other day. It well, not as we found out the pegging. other day. I knew it anyway. You didn't know. <laughs> No, I didn't. I'm, I'm well aware of pegging. Because one of our friends texted and she said, what do you think of pegging? And everyone was like, what the fuck is pegging? It's, it's great fun. Essentially, for anyone who doesn't know who's listening, pegging is when um, a lady wears a strap on and fucks you up the arse. Correct. I'm assuming a lady because a man doesn't need to he wear doesn't, a strap on. I was like, it could be a man, but then Men why wouldn't you? Men can need a strap on, and number one if they're impotent, number two if they're in chastity. But that's another story. Of course, I always forget about those guys in chastity. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, do you peg? I do much pegging. Oh, I wow. have many strap-ons. I have a humongous collection of strap-ons. That's pretty... Well, you showed me some pictures before we started recording. Mm. Of, um, don't get me wrong, didn't see his face or anything. But you showed me some pictures of the injuries a guy sustained after a session. Yes. But that wasn't due to pegging. Let's be clear. She wasn't showing you a mutilated anus. No, no. It was, <laughs> it was his back from whipping and his penis, which looked like a sad dead cow. Yes. Um, which, which had patches all over it, and it was horrendous. And as I said then, I'm very glad that my sexual kicks isn't through getting beaten up. Well, you might... say that, but if you were into getting beaten up, you'd probably be very glad that it was. But it fucks you up. Yeah, but I think on balance, your life is better if it isn't. Here's my collection of strap-ons. Um, the amazing free kick opened the scoring on Sheffield today. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the football hurt. Bloody edge screen. Um, right. Oh, blimey. Oh, look at that massive one. <laughs> Does the massive one have a name? No, only one of them has a name. The yellow one. It's called Buttercup. Oh, isn't that nice? No, oh, it... I know what you mean by the massive one. Holy shit, that is bigger than mm-hmm. the rest of them. You should call... Um, you should call the the oh no the yellow I thought the yellow one was triangular so I was going to say you should call it the angry bird because there's a triangular yellow angry bird <laughs> um so they I guess they're kind of the butt plugs there yeah and then you've got an array of them do you do you get women come to you no not really some some ladies get loads of women I don't right but you would happily beat the shit out of a woman as well this is the thing I think I think women can sense like it. a make no. bouncer. Actually, I wouldn't. I, I'm, I'm not that comfortable being with women as I am with men. Yeah, and that's fair enough. So, so that's your boundary. Yeah, kind of. So I think I think I don't really attract women because of that. They, they feel it. They feel that I'd be too nice to them. 
Yeah, fair enough. And so, mm. and what's your type of? What's the main type of client you get? There's no type. Why would there be a type? That's like saying, what type of person is into crisps? Fuck people. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because it was so obvious, but yes. Fuck people. Um, Number one, different. I have never had a celebrity uh, customer. I have had people who have been um, very, very sketchy about coming to see me because supposedly they're celebrities and supposedly they're, they're well known and don't want to give me their real names because what if people find out and I was like darling the only person who thinks you're actually important is you yeah so is this like a third rate reality star I've got no idea seriously if if I even knew but it has happened that I've had people who who are like oh I'm a really big deal and I was like no you're not I don't know who you are I yeah. don't give a flying fuck yeah now bend over exactly and this dungeon so you said you pay quite a lot for it a month yes and we could do a podcast there is there enough soft furnishings in there? There are plenty of soft furnishings. Really? As I said, I wouldn't have thought if it, a dungeon doesn't sound like a place for soft furnishings. I have £4,000 soundproof curtains. But that's not a soft furnishing. They're soundproof curtains and it is a soft furnishing. They're okay. thick velvet curtains. I don't imagine there being like luxurious chalonge. I imagine there being some sort of spiky seat that goes up your bum. No, not really. I've got, I've got loads of soft furnishings. You can make it even more softer furnish list I've got duvets I've got yoga yeah. mats would you want to sit I've on got a duvet? wrestling mats I've got all sorts okay here's another question you're going to have heard this before as well what was your weirdest request um um fun exciting weirdest or creepy weirdest let's go with both creepy weirdest well you've got you've got to know something this is going to shock you I'm ready are you sitting comfortably Yes. Okay, one of my specialities is feeding people my poo. Whoa, I did not expect that. <laughs> uh, and so I had this one guy who wanted to be fed my poo. And he oh, paid his deposit and everything. Poo in a pond, I'll eat it. And oh, then the, the day before the session, he writes to me, or calls me, no, he calls me. Does he? I can't remember. He writes or calls saying, um, oh, I forgot to mention one thing. By the way, I think that once a man's eaten shit, he doesn't deserve to live, so can you help me commit suicide? Oh, fuck. Mm. This is getting dark. Did you... I does, there's, there's, there's a real dark side to all of this. Well, um, there, there must be, there must be. So yeah. anyway, I said, thank you for your deposit. I'll be keeping it, and you should go and see a therapist. Yeah. Um... And let's see, crazy funniest one uh, would definitely be the guy who had this kind of rubber bladder thing that you inflate with a pressure gauge that's a tool that they use in Germany for women whose baby is going to be very big-headed to help them stretch <laughs> out the inside of their vagina. And oh, so he put it up his bottom and inflated it and then he pretended to give birth to it. Okay. Which was loads of fun. Alright, so he was kind of... I mean, what's the kick there? It, the kick the was fe- in birthing. Right, yeah. So, it was in birthing. So he was like, wanted to be that feminine life giver, maybe. Yeah, pu- pushing it out. Yeah, but... Pe- oh. <laughs> see, I can't... You must be able to see certain psychological traits. Like maybe people were treated badly by their first partner. Maybe they were treated badly as a kid. 
and they have some kind of value system it's, based on approval and violence. It's not always about being treated badly. I mean, it's interesting. Some people it's about that. Some people it's just about having had a major impression um, being given to them by um, a very strong woman in their childhood, such as a teacher or an aunt or a grandmother. Yeah, um, super which, strict. Yeah, not even strict, just strong. I'm, I'm alarmed be... at how like quickly and forcefully you agreed with grandmother. No, I didn't. I don't know. I had nice grandmothers. Um, Old but yeah, Mrs. I mean, it, it's not necessarily. It's not necessarily negative experiences. This is the thing. It's just impactful experiences that make you kinky. Um, so you know, it can be someone having a moment where they, where they just had an experience of being very close to a woman's feet and it just had a major impact on them as a memory and as they grew up they started to eroticise that memory. Well, I read an article um, written by a, a famous journalist and it, it's a massive long article and but he did a really good job of it. In fact, I don't think I finished it, but it's about a guy. But it's <laughs> That's about how good it was. Yeah, no, it's one of those things that you get and you read it on the tube, and then you stop reading. You start reading. I kept on picking it up, and then I, it got lost in my phone. I've got it somewhere. Es- essentially, it was about a guy who um, lived in America, and he ran a motel. Mm. Um, and he had he ran a motel and built the motel purely to satisfy his voyeuristic tendencies. Was his family named Bates? No, yes, it was not um, psycho. <laughs> uh, but what? But they built a whole kind of suspended ceiling. Oh, I've heard about this. Yes, so they can walk around and look down at the people. Mm-hmm. So really efficiently, they can just spy on all of the people, and they've got cameras there. Really efficiently. Yeah, that's, that's kind of. <laughs> well, have they? They've yeah, no, but, yeah, you're right. There, there's, there's there's a real lack of ethics in all that. Oh yeah, there's a huge lack. Of ethics, <laughs> yeah. But but it ca- it came from. Um, his first sexual experiences were his aunt came to stay. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it was a blood aunt or not, but she was staying in the outhouse of where they were uh, living, and he was like twelve or something, and would go down there at night and spy on her yeah. when she got undressed. Exactly. So spying on someone unseen is what turned him on. Well, it's a, it's a power thing for stars, but secondly, his his first sexual awakenings were about. Watching somebody exactly. Secretly. It wasn't about. It wasn't um, to do with being involved with somebody. It was to do. That's when he had his first sexual twinge. Yeah. While watching her. Yeah. Exactly. And this is the thing. This is what I was saying. So an impactful experience. So for example, one of my very first customers ever. Um, he was really, really into water sports. So being peed all over. Right. Yeah. Right. Or drinking pee or things to do with pee. Yeah. Not not and, jet skis. Yeah. And humiliation and he explained to me he knew exactly where it came from when he was a little boy um he had this foreign au pair i can't remember where she was from french or german or something and she was very just i don't know how to explain it um, yeah yeah french <laughs> there we go um but one day his parents were away and he was walking down the hallway and the door to the bathroom was open and the bathroom the loo was right in front of the door. So the door was open, he walks past, sees the loo, and there she is, sitting on it, taking a piss. Right. And he's just frozen, he's never seen a woman taking a piss before. Yeah. Like, it's not that he can remember. Um, so he's just there, staring at her, she, she's just staring at him as she pisses like a racehorse in that bowl. Oh, and man. then when she's done, she just says, now you know, and gets up and slams the door in his face. 
That's that. It, that's like a film. That's like a film or a yeah, novel yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is a scene in a film. I'm going to put that in a fucking book. That's amazing. But yeah, so something like that can have such a huge impact on someone. But in her sultry French voice. No, you're not. Exactly. <laughs> or again, French my, by what? way of Lagos. Oh, yeah, my, my, my no, you're not. <laughs> my best friend, Hoppy, has he told you about his why he's so into women in boots? I I think you've told me before, it's but I don't great, remember. Like his auntie Margaret. Speaking of um, relatives, yeah. Aunt. So he used to have this auntie Margaret who was rather um, man eater, um, always chain smoked, wore thigh high boots wherever she went, peroxide blonde, you know the type. Sounds wicked. Um, and anyway, when he was about fourteen years old, one day they were alone, um, and she just grabbed his bollocks and went, "These are mine now." <laughs> And that's like zing. And now, seriously, a woman in thigh high boots and he's just jelly. Sometimes I have to really, you know, hold him back because he would he would do anything for a woman in high five, thigh high boots. Isn't that funny? See, I don't think because of all the stuff you've told me, I feel weird that I don't have any of these things. You you say you don't, but you do, everyone does. I'm I have noticed about myself that I find it difficult, though I've got a lot better at it. Um, if somebody likes me a lot, mm-hmm. I find it very difficult to... You're well, really having trouble expressing this, aren't I you? I am, it's difficult, it's difficult. <laughs> I, would, I would almost rather... Uh, hang on, the cat's coming in and making a noise. Oh, the cat's coming in and the other cat's... Oh! <laughs> What's this one? You're, you're, you're deflecting, you know that. Uh, yes, alright. No, I... I, I um... <laughs> Okay, my mate said that one of the things, um, we were driving along one time and I said, oh, that girl is really nice. And he said to me, you do like a moody face. Oh, hang on, Jamie, is that is the cat eating your stuff? Right, so you, you like women with resting bitch face? Women who seem disinterested and moody and dis- dismissive, I find quite attractive. And I think it's because... Is it in the sack as well, though? Like, do you like a woman who's like, nah, fuck you, you're shit, do a better job? Is this what you're saying? Oh, God, this is getting very personal. Ah, um, fuck it. Listen, listen, I've told you I shit on people. Yeah, all right. Um, okay, we're in the personal talk um, Yeah, no, I... I if it happens, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> if I do a bad job and I get criticised, who am I to worry about it? No, but I think I think it's because, right, all of this comes from... And I know it sounds like cod psychology, but I, the first girl I had a really big crush on, um, I chased for ages. She was quite humiliating to me. Mm-hmm. She... she she was with that's with that now, cat. Uh-huh. But you see, this is the thing. So maybe, maybe you haven't explored it, but maybe you might find these things arousing as well. Not just being attracted to a girl who's like that, but actually actively doing these things might be quite arousing to you during sex. No, or I've... as an addition to. No, I. This is going to sound. This is going to sound um, really shit. Like I'm copying out, but I actually think that being in a proper, secure, loving relationship mm-hmm. is often the often produces the best results. You say that, but I, I have a lot of customers who are in secure, loving relationships um, just with someone who isn't into the stuff they're into, so they end up going behind their back and doing oh, it. Oh, well, that's not good, is it? Just be open with your partner about what you like. Yeah, but problem is a lot of partners don't want to hear about that stuff. I've... So the moment you open up about something that's a bit outside of the norm, it's like, oh, it's so weird, I don't want to know, never talk about it again. And yeah. that's that cut down. If, I don't know, if someone said to me, oh, I like this, can you can we explore this? I'd be like, yeah, all right. Well, it, dep- it depends what it is. <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine the lady was like, I 
really get turned on by bumming men with a strap on and pissing on them. Pegging. We're back to pegging. It all comes back it to pegging. It all comes back to pegging. Well, it was just an example because we talked about it. Yeah. Um, I could come up with many other things. I don't know. I think I say I think men get very worried about anything to do with their ass because they think it's gay, mm-hmm. and it's literally like how I don't well, I don't say do do I don't say how you're going to love this. Then do you want to hear one of um, one of the most fantastic kink things that men come to see mistresses for? Go on. <clears throat> I'm doing little bunny ears. Forced by. What's that? So you mistress. Force me to suck another man's cock. Mistress, force me to spread my legs for another man to fuck so, me. So do you have a guy who does that? Do you get a yep. guy around? So, he just lives in the cupboard. He's like, what? So <laughs> you do that, right? Well, it's You're like a, not gay because you were forced. forced You're not gay. You just paid else. someone to make you do it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm sleeping well tonight. Fucking hell. Yep. This is uh, this is like a whole level of. I suppose you don't know until you. No, you don't. I mean, I moved in here and until I until you start delving into that sexual world. Yeah, I thought I'm a man of the world. I know things, and I think maybe like the first now Saturday you know or something things. I was here. We You're had not a man of the world. You can't even cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not. But I don't mean that. No one's like if someone says I'm a man of the world, they're like, oh, do you do good stroganoff? That's not I what do. that. That's not what that. I do good phrase means. But that's a yeah yeah. You probably do like a, a whip. Oh yeah, Chloe, Chloe, Chloe's also a chef. Oh, do you? As in, do you cook? No, yeah. Do you? Oh, do you chef? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no. But what, what was I going to say there? You thought you were a man of the world, but then you realised. Yeah, no. But then, yeah, yeah. it's it's just it's stuff you'd never even. Well, you don't know it. You don't. I know... mean, force that. that no it's idea, isn't it? It's the whole con. But this is this is. <clears throat> I'm very sorry to say this, but this is men for you. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's a lot. Of, there is a lot of. There is a lot of repression. Men and their simple little heads. Bless yeah. them all. I'm exactly I, 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 the sort of man who can repress it even to himself. Metaphorically, <laughs> yeah. patting you both on the head. Well, for example, Ian needing to be reminded that he's a good person today. Well, I just felt bad about myself. So, for so hang on. Can we? Thing. Can we? Can me we leave the shit eating and force by for a second? Why do you feel bad about yourself, Ian? Because I. Well, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, you know why. You, oh, you split up with someone? Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to talk about it, talk yes. about it. So you, I, yeah. I, I had to tell him, well, I, I do I do think you are a good person, but it was quite funny you asking me to tell you that you're well, a good Well, it was person. just nice to hear it. It's like, you know, oh. first bite. Well, <laughs> I compliment you all the time. I've told you you've got yeah, a nice waist. Yeah, that's nice. That is nice. Yeah, I've told that. you you've got a nice waist. Thank you. What Many times. And that I like your beard. Yeah, that you shaved off. Not shaved off. Well, you know what, though? Ian, it's okay, it'll be back in a day and a half. Ian texted me and he said, um, I'm feeling really bad, just split up with a girl. Fucking mm. life, difficult and all that. So I called him and I was going to say, look, if you don't want to record a podcast, then that's fine if you're feeling bad. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry about your news. And he went, yeah, yeah, oh, look, I mean, I did it. And I was like, what? You did it? Well, fuck that, man. I'll come round anyway. Has he ever texted you in the middle of the night saying, I'm really scared my landlady's going to come in my bedroom and bum me? No. No. I need to work harder on that then. No, I, I mean, Jim is too far out of time. Forced, forced pegging. Yeah, for, forced <laughs> pegging, yeah. Um, yeah, so, look, I understand though, being, splitting up is so, I, it it's hurts. funny, I was, I was thinking, I think I might have actually been thinking about this today, especially when you're younger, I think you end up just going out with people because of fucking politeness, because you don't want to say to them, I mean, maybe not you, Chloe, because you might, you, your character is probably a little oh, bit more oh, forceful. Well, well, Ian can tell you, I, I unceremoniously dumped someone I was going out with for a year about a month ago. Great guy. 
Oh, okay. Right, so you didn't like him. No, I didn't. No, sorry. That sounded sarcastic. Great no, guy. No, he really oh, I really, I really like him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, how does it go down in relationships? It's difficult um, because a lot of men, the moment I tell them what I do, they completely and utterly objectify me and see that see me as a um, as a channel for their fantasies. Well, I, and yeah. I just become this a flat, monodimensional dominatrix figure. And nothing else about me really matters to them. It's just all about, oh, she's going to be into everything and I'm just going to have all these crazy sexy experiences with her and it doesn't matter about the rest of her as a person. Mm. Um, Or they get really uncomfortable with it. Um, I can imagine what, being a bloke, I understand this, they would probably love you for it and hate you for it at the same time. Mm. And it's um, one thing that I've come up with, against in the past is that they're all happy with it until we have an argument in yes. which case suddenly it's well i don't prostitute myself for a living or something like that mm. in which case it's there's the door bye nice knowing you fuck off there's the door forced by yeah <laughs> um that, that's a forced buy. <laughs> <laughs> um so are you it's very are difficult you, are you single then yes yeah guys it's a difficult right. road to tread isn't it I've just been set up with someone recently uh, by a friend of mine who's also a dominatrix and he's a very old friend of hers, so he understands. So it's it's difficult to find them, but you do find them. Sorry, I was scowling at Ian because he's rubbing a cushion next I to the saw mic. I very, very sensually. <laughs> I was, I don't know what that was about, sorry. So I had I was going to have an idea, right, where I was going to do a little quick-fire questions thing, um, but I didn't write any quick-fire questions down. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I wrote one down. I've got, I've got quick fire questions. That's no, not quick fire questions. It's just a question. I've got questions. Yeah, here. Look. A second. Look, I've actually got. Look at what it says on the box. A hundred questions. <laughs> That's really big for just being a hundred questions. This is amazing. So what? Hang on. So Surely this should be like ten thousand questions. See, I told you. I told you this is a great house. I have everything. This is a great. So okay, Chloe's was given to me a very nice. It's a box. It's a box. All right. <laughs> Which has got a hundred questions written on it, and it says a toolkit for conversations. Yes, Victor. Oh God, that cat is loud. Victor does not need a toolkit for conversations. No. Should I give him some more chicken? Oh, he'll love it. Being very naughty. (laughs) (laughs) What is this designed for? The very elderly. What size font is that? (laughs) Look at that. That is game shows. Yeah. I'm gonna hold it and feel like a game show. (laughs) Just pick them at random. I've always wanted to be that. The host of a game show. I'm not kidding when I say it, I'm really caught up by William G. Stewart dying. Oh. Why? Him and Wogan. That's the two that have hurt me. Wogan upset me. Mm. The only celebrity I've ever cried when they died was Terry Pratchett. Let's see if we can do this quickly. We'll do ten questions quickly. I'm going to, in here now, in the editing, I'll put in a jingle, which will be something like, quick questions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Where's the countdown teapot? Oh, yeah, the countdown teapot. I need the countdown. I've got a countdown teapot. You've actually got a countdown teapot? One of my slaves won countdown. Oh, wow. That's kind of outing him, though, isn't it? I suppose lots of people win countdown every week. <laughs> every day. He is very out. I have photos of me trampling him in Soho. Oh, okay, in the street? Yes. All oh, right. He's fairly, he's fairly out of the... Um, Masochist closet. Yes. Very out. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is him reacting to a photograph of me trampling a man in the middle of Soho. 
You God, you look completely different as well. Makeup, it's amazing what it does to your face. Makeup, you can redraw leather your trousers, big boots. So you're standing on his back, and he's wearing a collar, and you've got him on a, a metal lead. I'm kind of like surfing. You see, you are you are like surfing, and there's lots and lots of people looking, including one guy in the background taking a picture on his phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's not shy. What you though. can't see is all the people who are behind the camera that's taking this photograph because they don't want to be in the photo. Right. Of okay. which there were about five times as many as were in the photo. But I do like the way that some young girls wanted to be in the photo. So the girl who's about laughing. ten. Look at her. Yeah, blimey. Oh, you're probably imprinting that somebody's. First sexual experience will be that, and mm-hmm. that'll be it. And the beat goes on. Absolutely. Literally. Round and round and round. Oh, 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 oh Victor's found the chicken. Hold on, hold on. Right, this is come on, come on. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's a pissed off Victor. I know. I wanted to. Well, the thing is, he won't get pissed off and scratchy. I'll just keep on trying and trying yeah. and trying for the chicken. I know, chicken, chicken, chicken. All right. So let's read out these questions. Has a work of literature or art ever directly influenced your life? Yes. Beastly Beatitudes of Balthazar B. It's an amazing book with everything from laughing to crying to um, lots of sex, actually. Was it a novel? It's a novel. It's beautiful. It's and my it, favourite book. And Read it, it. What's it called? The Beastly Beatitudes of Balthazar B by J.P. Donlevy. I'll put it in the show notes. Um <laughs> Uh, to an extent, every work of art affects you somehow, but nothing, I would say, profoundly to the same extent. Both deep and shallow in your answer. Ian, you're such a pedant. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm glad you've amused yourself with that. <laughs> Okay, work of art, I would say um, Dead Poets Society had a big effect on me when I was a kid um, about um, Carpe Diem, mm-hmm. the season of the day. I would also say The Road Less Travelled by M. Scott Peck as a book. Ooh. Yeah, perhaps Conversations with God as well. Um, okay, in what areas are you happy to be good enough? All. Good answer. <laughs> Work. Very good answer. Um, I would, the thing that I'm happy to be slack about. Yeah, work. Office, <laughs> office work. I'm perfectly content with being mediocre. If you had married your first boy or girlfriend, what might your life be like now? Oh, God. I would be um, still living in a dump in the middle of nowhere in the Alps, uh, probably with a few kids and with a husband who was a complete narcissist and running around with the other women while I just slowly got fat and miserable until I killed myself. But you're in the Alps. That's <laughs> <laughs> so not all bad. Mm, scenic suicide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My death throes will reverberate around the valley. Um, I, I don't know if my life would have been that necessarily hugely different in that, I, but I think work-wise, money-wise, it'd probably been the same because I just, I'd probably end up going to uni in Aberdeen and I'd still have got a job doing something similar that I do in Aberdeen. But uh, but I'd probably ended up getting divorced and ended up moving down here. Probably it would all have led to the same place. Ooh. <laughs> My answer is, I reckon things would have... No, nah, we would have got divorced. But if we didn't get divorced, I think I would have probably just had more kids and the same kind of life. Well, I don't know if that's a good or bad answer. Anyway, 
Describe a simple pleasure. Cake. Good one. Uh, do that thing where I crick my neck and it makes a noise. Oh, I'm so jealous of you for being able to do Good that. One. When you do that in the kitchen, it always makes me moist. Well, on, on the... <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Moist? Moist. Oh, moist. Oh, right. Hence your fucking hell. Yeah. I like, I like bone cracking as well as well-trimmed hedges. Oh, I yes. bet you like bone cracking. <laughs> I, like, I like well-trimmed hedges. Not sim- metaphorically. Oh, you like actual topiary or whatever it's called? Yes. Okay. Um, a simple pleasure, I think. Highly underrated. You know when you get a stretch, you do that good stretch, and for about five seconds, it's the most orgasmic feeling in the world. That when you get it, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, and, you, and then it goes away really quickly. That. Yeah. Also, can I change my answer? Because the best thing in the world um, is having a pee when you really need a pee. Not feeling when you're like, oh, Oh, oh my god! Oh, that's yeah. coming. Well, actually, that's going a for a poo's pretty awesome. Yeah, having a good shit is lovely. A good shit is amazing. Yeah, that that feeling of evacuation and the emptiness and, and the satisfying splash. You know what? It's even better when you make two hundred and fifty quid for going for a shit. Oh, it's even better when you feed it to someone with a spoon. No, I just I just go directly in their mouths. Oh really? I just sit above them and just... Why cut out... Well, yeah, cut out the middle, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mr. Spoon. I don't want to... Clean, I do not want to have to clean the spoon. Oh, we have ruined Button Moon for me now. <laughs> but yeah. You know what? Getting getting paid money to go for a poo is definitely the best simple pleasure. Uh, button Moon. I'm never going to think of Button Moon now without thinking of Mr. Spoon. <laughs> Being a conduit for feces. For shit-eating, yes. Yeah. Um, next question. Do you think other people regard you as a good listener? Yes, because people always end up telling me their deepest, darkest secrets, even when I've just met them. That makes sense. No, because I'm not. Because you're super judgmental and very black and white, and you tell people that they're wrong. She's got you know. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would say yes. <laughs> just picking myself up. <laughs> I still love you, Ian. Mm-hmm. If we asked the childhood you what job you wanted to do, what would you say? Uh, I believe I always, I don't even think I knew what it was, but I remember being a little kid and saying I wanted to be a statistician. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Which all right. then went and did at uni. Yes, that's, but you are wow. kind of a statistician. I am, yeah, I, I've kind of fulfilled my nerdy destiny. Wow. Oh, no, I sick. changed all the time. So at one point I wanted to be a waitress in a motorway side restaurant. Don't ask. Well, um, it's like the American films, isn't it? The diners, the coffee yeah. pourers. Um, at one point, I wanted to run away with the circus and be a trampolinist. one point, I wanted to run away with the circus and be a trapezist. one point, I wanted to be the first French woman on the moon. Okay. And now I'm a dominatrix. That's the typical path, though, isn't it? Mm. Um, I would say, I wanted to be, when I was very young, um, a robber. <laughs> you know, you know, you see them in books and they they wear masks, swag and swag, mug, yeah. Yeah, I just I thought to myself, I just want to be a robber. It's wicked. It's, ex- it's exciting. You, know, it you have is. the police chasing you, and you get away with it. And you've got to sneak about, and you get to wear stripes, stripes and a mask and one of them kind of flat cap things. And so like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do remember saying that for years. Oh, I want to be a robber, um, and I probably would have been if it wasn't for the immoral side and the pesky kids and the well, yes, the threat of prison. Um, do you have a technique for keeping calm? That's quite boring. Should we skip that? Oh my god, that's boring. That's <laughs> like a Radio 4 question. No, not Radio 4. Oh, I used to listen to Radio 4 all the time. I love Radio I, I listen to when the Archers. It's gone to shit now. It's I, all shit. So I listen to the Archers, I would say, about once a week. Cause it was on when I would drive home from playing football. 
and uh, I would hear so it. Sad. No, I would hear it once a week, it's and I never. Engaging. No, no, it was almost no, engaging not. to me, but I would never ever be able to follow a storyline. I would never hear a storyline that happened. It was like you would listen like week to week. I knew the characters, but I had no idea what was going on. It's well acted. I thought. I thought the sound. Yeah. I actually was listening to it on the way up here, thinking that the sound guys have done a really good job. You're appreciating that now because you're realising how hard it is. Uh, what is the most surprising conversation you've ever had? That's probably this one. Um, who's the best boss you've ever had? Fuck that. Uh, to what extent are you prone to feel that life is elsewhere? This is um, this is definitely a question for Ben Lawrence. What do you mean life is elsewhere? As in you're missing out rather than appreciating your life. Oh, right, okay. Life. Which I was going to say, life is elsewhere. I'm aware of that. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I don't think I don't necessarily think I'm missing out. I do the stuff I want to do. I'm the same. I very rarely options. feel like I'm missing out on anything. I used to when I was oh god, when I was younger, I was always looking at other people and thinking everything good was exactly where I was not, and I completely got over it now. I think as you get older, you realise that celebrities are miserable and rich people are miserable. Exactly. And certain things which look cool are actually boring. Exactly. And, and you know, I think I think it must be really hard for nowadays use with Instagram and everything because you're just looking at it. It's all these, like, luxuriant backdrops with skinny-tanned women with perfect abs and arses yeah. and expensive-looking clothes and handbags just, like, doing fuck all on a beach. And it's like, how did you get this life? Actually, it's all fake, and they're probably miserable and alcoholics, or with some other horrible habits and self-destructive issues. I think if you're posting loads of pictures like that on Instagram, unless it's your job and that's where you got income from, it's like you're desperate for approval. Exactly, exactly. It can't be. It can't be a sign of good health. No, it just can't be. You are desperate for approval because you feel that you are worthless. Oh, here's a good one. Mm. Would you like to believe in God? Yes, love no. to. I would love to as well. Uh, but you can't, Why? you can't, you can't make yourself believe in God. Why would obviously. you love to believe in because God? Because the idea of that the certainty that would bring, I think, would be lovely. But it's bullshit. It just. It I know it's bullshit. It, That's why I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't make people's lives any better. It just makes them more of a walkover. All it does is makes it makes people stop taking responsibility for their own lives. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh huh. And you, I don't you make moral decisions. Based I don't, on the I don't see in what way at all that would be something positive that I would want. I think the hardest thing about being human is the freedom you have about everything mm. and the meaning of choice. Yeah, I love well, it. Well, the, I love that freedom. But it's also the meaninglessness of the universe around you. I love you. that meaninglessness. 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 <laughs> right. Last question. I'm going to pull it out of the box. Do you think there's any truth in the lines, they fuck you up, your mum and dad, they may not mean to, but they do? <laughs> well, we know Chloe's answer there. <laughs> yes! Um, I would say 100% definitely. Oh, God, my, uh, my, a lot of my neuroses are down to just growing up, and it's my parents. But, I mean, that, that would happen whatever, however your parents bring you up. You and whatever you neuroses. do, you'll get neuroses, and it's just what they do it defines what type of neuroses you'll get. And that's why I refuse to have children. Um, I read something really interesting about having children. Now, I've just had a, a baby boy. So he's... Congratulations! Yes, sarcastic voice, I like it. Um, but he's seven months old now, and one of the things I, I read yesterday on Twitter was a guy... Did you read about that woman who's using baby poo as a facial mask? Chicken. <laughs> um, the cat is after chicken again. She wasn't using chicken poo as a facial mask. 
Um, <laughs> does it? Does that work? I don't know, but I saw it on Twitter. I mean, I guess at the beginning when they're not eating solids, it is just it is quite it's just milky stuff. It's probably processed well or something. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I like the way you wince at that, but you didn't wince at the fact that Chloe was talking about shitting in people's mouths. I'm, oh, that's actually, the, I'm, I'm more desen- people's mouths is the conversation we had when he first. Yeah, I'm in. more desensitized to that now, but the idea because baby poo is real and it's all over the place, and I can see how it can get on your face. I can imagine a situation where baby poo might be on my face. I cannot imagine a situation <laughs> where someone is going to shit in my mouth. You wait. Lock your door at night, Ian. Oh wait, you don't have a lock. Ooh. Oh, Mr. Spoon's going to come in. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, you've had a baby, seven months old. And uh, and I read read something on Twitter. Now, I've I've waited a long time to have a baby. That cat is... Go away. He's very decided. I'm trying to do a podcast here. Be more professional. Uh, Yeah, and essentially this thing on Twitter said, often you don't want to have a baby, but it was like a really harsh rant. And And he was saying... Um, you should be alpha enough to have a fucking baby and let something else in the world be more important than you rather than not having one and just hiding behind the guise of I'm saving the world through overpopulation. And it was just an interesting spin on it because you always hear people say, oh, people who have kids are selfish. And he was saying not having a kid can often be selfish. Um, I, and I, I don't agree with either of those, yeah, by the way. I just think, I, just think um, I don't understand why people should have to have a child. I found it really weird, no, quite, this, this quite. kind of this kind of thing. I mean, even the other day, I went to the osteopath, a new osteopath for the first time, and she's like, so, um, do you have any children? Nope, don't fancy any. And then I told her about how I've tried to get um, sterilised and stuff, and they refused to do it because everyone's like, well, you might change your mind, you might change your mind. And I was like, I am 33. I have never wanted a child, ever. Yeah. I don't think that's going to change. She's like, but there's still time for you to change your mind. I'm like, how fucking dare you be so patronising? Also, I reckon if you were a guy and you said, I want the snip, they would have gone, yeah. Absolutely. But because I have the power to create life, I am not allowed to renege that power. And it's like... Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not one of these people who thinks, oh, you must have kids or you mustn't have kids. I, I left it very late to have kids. I'm, yep. th- I'm 39 now and he was born when I was what? 38. You see, I, I love I love the fact that people are constantly trying to separate themselves from animals and transcend that animality, right? And I feel like I've done it by not having children. I feel that the whole point of existence is to um, is to create progeniture, which means follow up, follow on yourself. Good, good. I like that word. That that that's awful. Um, progeniture. I don't know. To 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 progenite. Thank to you. have to have children. No, okay, to, basically, yeah, yeah, I, you know, existence as a life form is about creating the next generation of yourself, right? Yeah. And so that that is nature's task. Nature's task is propagation. Propagation. Mm. Thank you. Um. So, um, by not having children, I am directly removing myself from my natural purpose, and therefore I no longer have a purpose. Therefore, I can create my own purpose and transcend nature. Boom. No, I like that. I, was... I, I separate myself from animals by things like opposable thumbs and bipedal movement. But if you were to get... <laughs> pedo you know, movement? Yeah. Uh, bipedal so movement. Animals, raccoons, Forced bipedo movement. Raccoons, <laughs> raccoons have opposable thumbs. So why? Hang on. Just because you said... For, and I was thinking about this a second ago. The forced bi thing, right? 
Why is it forced by, not forced gay? It's not like, you know, because, no, no, because no, no, like men, men sucking each other's cocks aren't like, I'm be-. No, but they're being forced to be gay. They're not being forced to, like, have sex with a man and a woman. No, but it's because they'll go back to their wife that makes them bi. Yeah, they might be bi. Or they might be gay and in the closet. And most of them are closet gays. Some of them are just filthy slags. <laughs> slags? <laughs> Sounds cockney. <laughs> um, but what I was about to say um, to do with what you just said is that life has no meaning and it is absurd and ridiculous, as they always say. And the only meaning that life has is the meaning you wish to give it. Mm-hmm. So the, how you define your existence is the meaning that you give to life. Because there ultimately isn't really a meaning. No, of course we're, not. We're all going to die. We're all going to be forgotten. Even... I love the idea that there's this, there's this secret envelope somewhere, you know, with a nice wax seal. And someone will find it one day and open it. And they'll be written in beautiful calligraphy... The meaning of life is dot dot dot, and then they unfold a bit further, and there'll be this enlightening thing where it's like suddenly everything makes sense. Oh my god! Nothing makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? Having watched sort of get all heavy about this, having watched my dad die a couple of years ago, and then having a son a year after that, it was like seeing the two bookends of life, mm-hmm. of death and birth, and it it really put a different perspective on, on how I viewed things. Like, because I saw the whole thing in a one-up, rather than being in in a life and it all happening and you just feel like you're immersed in it, I kind of stepped back and, and saw the whole thing from end to end and it was like, shit, we're born just because your parents have sex, then you're here and you look for meaning in all of that and then you die and then that's it. And, it, and, it was and like, then it happens all over again with the next generation and actually none of us ever learn from our parents. Otherwise, imagine how enlightened we'd all be. Oh, I think you yeah. do learn from your parents. I think you just make differences, or you you, yeah, you go always... completely the opposite direction. Exactly. You look at their mistakes. Yeah. We always have this thing of I will not repeat my <clears throat> parents' mistakes. So you do the opposite. Yeah. So basically, you're repeating your grandparents' mistakes instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, that is probably true. Fuck. So all the mistakes always skip a generation, and none of us actually move forward. We're just like playing hopscotch, generational hopscotch. Alright, so last thing about your, because I'm aware that we talked a lot about it, but you know, how often do you get to talk to the, the genuine dominatrix? Well, all you, the time. You, you probably all the time. Um, all my friends are doms. Really? Have you got like a little society? <laughs> Ian's met a few. Yeah. You've got a WhatsApp group, don't you? WhatsApp yeah, groups as yeah. well. Yeah. What's the title of the WhatsApp group? Is it some uh, wicked pun on... No, it's Ebony and Milky Sisterhood, because they're all black and I'm the only white one. I'm Milky. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, is one of the dominatrix ladies yes. the one interested in Ian? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can see why you'd be scared. Yeah. Snap your cock off. Yeah. Oh, she would too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know she what? would if you asked her. You'll get all that sex experience... She is horny Sex as experience. <laughs> um, so is there Horse an age limit before. to it? Do you think there's an age thing attached to it? To being a dominatrix? Yeah. No, it's not It's not like being a model or being an escort. Uh, well, then again, you know, there was an 80-year-old escort who's making a fucking mm. killing. Wayne Rooney. Um, John Teddy's mum. But, yeah, no, there, there's no, there's no age limit. I mean, I think one of the things about being a dominatrix is, so when, peop- when men first get into going to see doms, 
they, they they always make the mistake of going for the pretty one with the fake tits and you know the, the all of that kind of stuff the one who looks like she's out of a magazine and she'll always be shit right because she'll just learn her looks she's style over substance and then they'll start thinking shit maybe I should have gone for skill and reputation and that's when they'll start going less for the blonde bombshell thing and more for someone who will actually know how to get in their mind and completely um, mind fuck them essentially yeah yeah. And you know, and that's that's where the skill comes in. And the more experience you've got, the better you are at that. Very simply. I think that's what a lot of sexuality is: the, the mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, everyone. I mean, there's a big visual sense there, but yeah. I mean, I see some some ladies who I'm like, what the fuck is the appeal in you? And they're super successful. Well, you get the super fat ladies who sit on men's faces. Well, that's that's uh, the lady who's into Ian. Ah, oh, shit! Really? Mm. Oh, oh yeah. She's mm. um. If you want your she's face a out. whole lot of women. She sounds scary, but no, she's a human being. Uh-huh. She's a human being with her own insecurities. Yeah, stop objectifying too. her. <laughs> exactly. Uh, sorry, what the fuck was she doing to me? <laughs> what? She, she was really funny. She's attractive. allowed to objectify you, a man. There she is. Whoa! You can just scroll. Behold the BBW mistress. Big beautiful woman is BBW. I know what BBW is. Um, a whole lot of ass. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine being smothered under that? What a way to die! I don't I, I, no. <laughs> And then it ends on a picture of the. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was at me. That was. At <laughs> That's funny. Because I tweeted a picture of uh, of uh, what's Melania Trump wearing this, and I was like, "What the fuck is she wearing?" She's an attractive lady, though. And a very, is she though? And a clever lady. She's, but she's not really attractive. Wait, which also, one is she? The, Trump, the, Trump's wife. The wife or the daughter? I, the can, uh, I, I do not find her attractive. I think she's past her prime. No, I think... I've, got, I've got into older le- women in the last few years. And that dress is awful. And also, um, yeah, I think she's a very unhappy person. who's chosen... Who's... Oh, I think she's unhappy and she's stuck with him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But that's what happens when you choose money over... Uh... Absolutely. Um, Let's give you a lesson for everyone. And well, I suspect that's what's happened. Money never comes for free. I would not da, be. Da, da. I would not be surprised if she wanted to leave him. They were like, "You can't do that because it's." I really hoped known. you were going to say I would not be surprised if she murdered him in his sleep. No, and then I was going to say because they'll say no, a tragedy will follow. She'll kill herself. She'll kill him. She'll kill somebody. She'll get killed by legging it, or there'll be something. Because it just feels like it's a ticking time bomb, doesn't it? Oh, Wife killed guys. herself today. Sad. Pathetic <laughs> loser. <Yeah. laughs> that dick is bigger than hers. She was useless anyway. Um, so looking at that girl's massive, ginormous, huge planetarian sized ass. Like, with, with all due respect, she's showing it off, but it is. This ass. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's crazy large. So... Before we started, I said I wanted to talk about the evolution of the arse in terms of sexual attraction. You did, didn't you? Yes. You did, and we never talked about that. But here it is, one so, big bottom. So the but look, she's so pretty. She is pretty, definitely. I'm not. I'm not saying she's not. She's just. Imagine waking she, up beside that. She is a whole lot of rosy, though, isn't she? I, I don't know if I would wake up. I'd possibly have been killed during the night. All the others have survived. <laughs> so, um. When I was when I looked at porno mags when I was young in like the early nineties, we're talking like nineteen ninety three or whatever, it was always about you'd have these thin women with big tits who would be wearing stockings and things like that. And so it was a bit about the legs and the heels and things, and it was also about the breasts. 
but it was never there was never really much attention paid to the ask mm-hmm. ever. There might be a little bit of turning around to me, but it was never really a, it was never really a thing. And then as we've got older, as we've oh, got as, yeah, and J Lo and all of that, and what happens is that's pushed it into the kind of Western psyche, and now I'm mad for that kind of shape. That big ass, small waist kind of thing. But I don't think it ever was when I was young. So, it's so do a, you it's... think you're being influenced by the media? Do you think your tastes in women are being influenced? That's what I'm saying, yeah. Mm. It, 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 to an extent, what we see as beautiful and what society sees as beautiful is probably aligned to a degree. They influence each other. It's crazy. That's very sad. I, well, no, it's weird. It's weirded me out because it's not like it's not like. I'm making it up and I'm like, oh, I don't actually find them attractive, but I'm meant to. It's mm. like, I do, but I don't think I ever was bothered about it until I was like, you know, or in my 20s. Or maybe it's just that as you, as you mature, ask becomes a bigger thing. Yes, because it's more womanly. You're right. Because you younger men, work. younger yeah. men or more immature men tend to want their women stick thin. They tend to want them androgynous with big boobs. They tend to want them to be a cartoon. When, you know, when, when men grow older, suddenly they want their women fuller. Yeah, and also maybe younger guys, younger guys go for tits because it's much more of a maternal thing, and then older guys go for like rump. Yeah, because it's it's more. I'm ready to have a baby. I've got a bit. I've got you know exactly. Yeah, rump. because I am. I do now see younger women and and don't find them as attractive as older women. And once again, what better way than to die under a big fat ass? <laughs> <laughs> This is the Early Late Night Review Show. The only podcast you're listening to right now. Um, so when Ian moved in here, yeah. did you have to, was there a screening process? Did you screen him? Not really. No? I don't screen people, I go with gut feel. But you met him though, beforehand, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, did... he, he came and visited the house and I was like, I like this person. And so I messaged him saying, the room's yours if you want it. And he said, yes. Did you meet any of the other housemates at the time? Um, ben came in. Ben, who doesn't live here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben did not like me. No. <laughs> no, he really didn't. I may be the reason he's moved out. And part, at least partially. I don't understand why... Well, okay, Hoppy had a whole theory about why Ben didn't like you. What's the theory? Well, because the other guy who lived... So the guy who already lived here when Ben moved in was gay and was quite effeminate and delicate and, you know, non-offensive. And Ian's um, this masculine energy. Compared to Ben, yeah. Raw masculine energy. No, seriously, compared to Ben, yeah. He was... Ben felt his hi- his hierarchical status as alpha male to be threatened. Oh, I see. He did have a really cool Magnum P.I. t-shirt. He had a few cool t-shirts. He also had a cool Los Poyos t-shirt. Los M- Poyos Hermanos. What's that? Uh, the, the, the brand, no, it's the brand, uh, the uh, the chicken stuff they smuggle meth through in uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, right, that is quite cool. Um, yeah, well, if he's left, that's good, though. Less tension. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've done a lot of house sharing over the years. Mm. Loads of it uh, with strangers, with friends, and it's difficult. Uh, it's good. It's, you're always trying to find a balance with everyone, and it's not easy. Yeah, so it's difficult. I've, I shared with, um, I moved in with two guys I didn't know, and um, luckily I formed a friendship with one of them, and we both fell out with the other guy, Ooh. who was such a dick. Here's, here's the dick things he did. He had 
his own sofa that no one else was allowed to sit on. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, he, Did he have OCD? He, uh, no, he didn't. Uh, well, I don't think so. But then again, he used to. Um, if you put the, your towel on the radiator after a shower, he would take it the, take it off the radiator and throw it on the sofa. So when he came home, it was in a ball on the sofa. <laughs> and, he, and he said that's because your towel's been on your balls because you have to dry them. Um, so uh, he doesn't want them on the radiator because that's where he puts his clothes. Yeah, my my big thing is the fact that I wish people would stay longer, except the ones that I evict. <laughs> they could leave on the day they're evicted. I wish the ones that don't evict would actually stay longer because it would make life a lot easier because my life is governed by trying to find new people. Yeah, I All bet. the time, and it's really tiring. But where do you advertise? Uh, spare room. Gumtree's also good. Yeah. Oh, you don't like the people from Gumtree? Oh, all right. Actually, I can't use Gumtree anymore because I'm banned for life from PayPal. Oh, shit. Is that through your... That's because I'm a sex worker, and even though I've never used PayPal for work, they've worked out that I'm a sex worker, and therefore I'm not allowed to use it anymore. How fucking discriminatory is that? Yeah, fucking Elon Musk. But I guess, I suppose, they're trying to stop the sex industry. But what you is what you do illegal? No. I pay taxes. So it's not categorised under prostitution? Technically it is. So it is, right. Yeah, but prostitution is legal in England. Prostitution is legal in It's just not legal if you're walking the streets, curb crawling it's, and all that. Curb crawling is illegal. It's solicitation is the thing. Solicitation is illegal. Okay, right. uh, also, one thing which a lot of us disagree with is that brothel keeping is illegal. And the reason we disagree with that is because technically it's considered a brothel the moment you've got two people working from the same space. That means that we can't gang up for safety. Well, and also, you want a brothel, so you've got a bloke there as a like, security, or you've got a madam there to look after the girls. It's, it's Make a, working a world of sense. It's a working environment, <laughs> yeah. and it can be a healthy working environment where you've got support for people. You know, especially these people, for example, are the streetwalkers, the ones who are the most at risk. Give them brothels, they will have a safe space in which to do something. I, no, I, I, I agree. Because they're going to do it either way. Yes, that's right. And that's the thing about drugs as well. Mm. You've got to be realistic about the laws on, on vices. It's well, like this, sex and drugs are always going to happen. But this is, this is another thing. So there's this huge debate. Are streetwalkers who are junkies sex workers? Or are they people down on their luck? Because sex worker implies that this is a career. Now, if you're just trying to get your next hit and sucking cock to get your next hit, essentially, is that really sex work? Or is that you being at your wit's end and not having any other options. Uh, well, it's both, isn't it? You are a sex worker girls, because you're working for sex. Technically. But you but are down girls, you know, they're not paying tax. They don't, they're not, they're not, they, they can't make savings. It's not, it's not the same. It's not a business. And they're, they're, these are not people who've chosen to go into it. I chose to go into this. You know, these are people who've been forced against their will to do something which they hate and which degrades them. But I reckon Ian's attitude on this would be Every choice you make is your own, so deal with the consequences. Which I don't even need to talk. Which, which I do agree with in the sense that everyone's in control of their own life, but also I believe that... To People make the human. wrong choices, and should you, should you, just because someone's made the wrong choices, um, completely... Everyone deserves second chances. Yep. And third chances. Everyone deserves... You need to be in a society where you can always, when you want to, better yourself. And where... When you've fucked up, you can go to someone and be like, I've fucked up, please help me. Because people do fuck up. Um, I think you've got to... I think, I think you've got to be compassionate towards yourself as well, towards other people. Yes, I reckon the key, one of the keys to happiness is you've got to love yourself. 
And not just like yourself, love yourself. Yes, but it's very difficult. Oh, it's so difficult. Mm. I went to this talk. There's a guy called Chris Paradox. <laughs> Do you see how he's got his ears down? Like Sorry, mode? his name is Chris Paradox. No, is he, he a bad magician? No, he, he, he calls himself that. He was head of an advertising agency. He was married with kids. He um, was earning 70 grand a year. And this was, you know, 20 years ago. Had a breakdown and basically went and lived in a park as a homeless man. He they, he did this amazing talk where he basically said about shame mm. and how shame kills a lot of people and how in the financial crisis people actually killed themselves when they lost money because mm. they attached their self worth. Oh, shame is the worst. Yeah, shame mm. is terrible. And it, and he did it was his whole talk was about shame and he he said, no, it's a bit embarrassing to admit this on a podcast, but I'm all up for being honest. He did this. He said this thing where he goes. Well, he did two things. First thing he said is, if there's a celebrity out there that for some reason you can't put your finger on, but annoys the living shit out of you, or a character in a film or something, and you hate them and you don't know why, that's because they've got a flaw in them that you, reminds me that reminds you of. Oh your God, flaw. yeah, absolutely. Of course, one hundred percent. So, so remember, uh, remember when we're doing the Three Peaks, uh, the 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 guy in Costa. You know, that, that idiot guy there. And part of the reason I was so annoyed about him is I'm like, this is me at my worst. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. When, when I make people who remind me of, when I, of, of me when I was young, I can't bear to be around them. Yeah. It, it, the second thing he said was, to do with shame, because there's an exercise that you should do. And if you can't do it, then it signifies that there's an issue there. And you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you have to say, staring at yourself in the eyes... Openly and honestly, I love you. He says, try it. He goes, and I can see your face. He goes, you, you're going to hate this idea. You're going to find it so embarrassing. I've done it. I did it when I was young and that's not enough. No, it it's not enough. It a lot more than that. Oh, no, no. Agreed. Agreed. We're not, I'm not saying that. Oh, I, so I did it. Sorry. I did it. But you're well done for doing it because it's, 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 a, it's a tough. Do you know what I've, really I've helps you it. love yourself? Four years of psychoanalysis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, had, I had a year of therapy and it... it Fucking before the, the the before me and the after me is so mm-hmm. so different, but yeah. And anyway, and I've done that. I have done it, and it's really difficult. But when you stop being so harsh on yourself, and it's like Alan Watts says, he's that's philosophy. He goes, "There's n- nothing. You don't have to be anything. You're not mm-hmm. you're not born to be something. So the way you are Listen now is video. exactly right." But aren't we agreed that some people are fuckwits? Some people are fuckwits. Mm-hmm. If everybody goes and does that and says. I'm great, I'm the man, right? Some people are wrong. Your opinion on yourself is just one opinion. Everyone else's opinion on you is crowdsourcing and therefore more likely to be correct. Ah, what you're looking at though is, as you said, someone saying, I'm amazing, I'm the man. What this guy was suggesting was not that. What this guy Mm, was suggesting was that you don't have to be so hard on yourself. You don't have to be like, you're a fucking loser, I fucking hate myself. The only power people have over you is the power you give them. All I'm saying is, it's a wider source of data to which to understand what type of person you are. Yeah, be self-aware, but don't be harsh on yourself. Anyway, shall we wind this up? Because it's been an hour and a half and that'll be spot on. I'll edit the fuck out of it. And, um... Have fun with that. Try and sort out the sound, because we got this. And then uh, we're all good. Woo! So thanks, guys. Um, I love myself. Yes, good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love you too. I love you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Force bye. Bye. Bye.
music to be Button Moon. <laughs>